Welcome to Copics Radio, WCPX 66.6 on your pod dial. With me, as always, your host, Django Nudo. And the Smut Peddler, today renamed the Snot Peddler. I was going to make that joke, so yes, good <laughs> Have more yeah, I got a bit of a cold, but I tested negative for COVID, and that's like winning the bloody lottery these days, isn't it? Yes. No, and, and keep a box of tissues handy, which I'm sure you do anyway, smart peddler. But, so. Watching culpics, I always do. <laughs> no, sorry to hear about it, but this is what happens when you start mingling amongst real people instead of sitting at home streaming or having Zoom calls. True that. Yeah. So, anyway, don't go out just yet again. Uh, stay home because we've got exciting news. Let's start off with the uh, good news about what is happening in terms of going out and mingling with people. So, Smut Peddler, tell us, who will you be going out and seeing and what will you be seeing, more importantly, and where and when? Yes, Cultpix is now going live in cinemas that's what we are about we're not just a streaming platform or a community we will also be in real life so starting off on monday the 30th of august we are going into cinemas in stockholm in the suburb of aspoden and the cinema bio aspen Mm. Um, starting off with uh, the two beautifully restored swedish sin films namely uh, the Naughty Vicar, yes. which we, it's it's a great, fun comedy. And also uh, Anita, Swedish nymphette with Christina Lindberg. And Christina will be there to introduce the film, which is wonderful of, of her. And it's her first public uh, appearance, I think, in at least two years. Yeah, since COVID. Of, yeah, you know what. Yeah. Um, then we are going to do five Mondays, all in all. So the next one will be on the 27th of September, which be, will be Cult for Kids, mm-hmm. with two children's films, one also restored by the Swedish Film Institute. So no nudity? No nudity at all, oh. I can promise that. But that's probably the only evening where we don't have any nudity. <laughs> and then on the 25th of October, we have the restored, newly restored um Language of Love and more from the Language of Love, sex ed films from 69 and 70. Mm-hmm. We will discover more about the fantastic, interesting Swedish-American director Calvin Floyd on the 22nd of November with uh, In Search of Dracula and Victor Frankenstein. And then on the 20th of December, we have our big crescendo mm-hmm. with two films that will completely rewrite Swedish film history. Yes, I'm very excited about these. Are we talking about them yet or we're still teasing? Yes, they are online on the on the That's on the true. Aspen website, so it's two films uh, produced by Nikatsu in Japan. Um and they are called in Swedish Bokens Hus and Droppar of Honung. Yeah. That would be like the house of the I don't know. Ram, yeah, or something, Ram. and drip, drops of honey, and um, we have seen some uh, raw uh, <clears throat> restorations of them so far, and they are totally and utterly mind blowing. So we yeah. can 
very much recommend them. I mean, we'll devote a future episode to that, but the quality is astounding. And also, these are such weird little puppies in terms of their, you know, parentage and origin stories and aesthetic, everything about them. So I'm, I'm super thrilled we'll get to see them on the big screen. But we won't speak more about them. But if people want to join us, if they're in the greater Stockholm area, uh, just do a Google search for Bio Aspen. And I think all the tickets are for sale now. And they've done some beautiful artwork of uh, the special double bill posters for each of the film evenings with the original work. So um, I'm super impressed with that. And I'm very much looking forward to attending this. Yes. So. And, we, and we will also have celebrity guests every night. Every time, yes. And um, But for those of us who aren't living in Stockholm, um, we will be coming elsewhere too. We've got exciting news. I think next week we can probably announce it. Um, but outside of Sweden, we will be having screenings as well with guests. With, yeah, um, uh, in a number of countries, actually. In a number of countries, yes. Mm. So that's something to talk about. Now, do you also want to give a plug to the book launch that's happening this Friday? Yes, indeed. Um, so Club Super 8, which is uh, very much associated with Cult Picks, is also a publishing company. And there's a book that has been in the making for seven years, as they used to say about the Mastodon films in Hollywood. And it's called Frigjorda Tider or Liberated Times. Mm. And uh, three wonderful authors have been digging deep and fa- falling deep down the rabbit hole. <laughs> Of Sweden in the sixties and yeah, of Sweden in the sixties and seventies, how all of Swedish society was completely obsessed with sex and pornography. I mean, it, it effectively, you know, verifies this um, foreign perception of Swedes as a sex crazed, you know, porn obsessed, um, liberated society, which which we always, you know, yes, we think we're open. But we weren't that sex crazed. But I mean, this book really lifts the lid on it and shows you just what a liberated society it was and how incredibly different from the Sweden of today with a kind of new Puritanism. Yeah, very much so. And and also, it's it's not it's not a biased book. It's just uh, a, a way of saying that, well, those times were different and this is the time we live in. Who knows what was best? Maybe a mix of both. I don't know. But but the thing is that it's interesting. It's it's also revealing a lot of stuff that I believe a lot of famous people would have hoped would be buried hidden. with them. Yeah. No. And and I think we've we've talked about maybe doing a future episode on this. But uh, it is an incredible book. So I'm very excited about it launching. And it was funded by a crowdfunding campaign as well, which is extra nice. Indeed, a very successful one. And the and the and the book is a four hundred pages huge coffee table book, so it's tons of illustrations in it as well. Exciting. So release on Friday uh, for people living in Stockholm. It will be at the restaurant Hektet at six o'clock. So it's ba- basically open to the public, and it's a book fair going on during the weekend. So the book can be bought on Saturday and Sunday and uh, with aut- autographed by the uh, authors who are present. Yeah. And that ends the word from our sponsor. But no, seriously, if you can, uh, make it to the book launch and the film screenings. They will be worth it because we are all about hashtag IRL, not just a streaming service. We are in the real world. Now, moving on to, I keep saying now, don't edit it out. I have to edit myself out. Because it's out. now. 
it's it's like a you know full stop between paragraphs however i would like us to move on to the new films of the week and i thought maybe we can do them in reverse order to the um sequence that i've written them here in the script and we can start off with fatal games because it is a semi-tie-in um with the launch of the tokyo 2020 paralympics this film was also known as olympic nightmare and we did discuss in time for the olympics we were going to have another olympic themed film on called the sex olympics which you stumbled upon i think smart peddler yeah interestingly enough there are a a few of those uh, um, competitive themed uh sex movies yeah but unfortunately, we couldn't secure the rights to it in time. But this one we have, um, Fatal Games. And it's a bit of a derivative slasher film from the 80s with a um, crazed maniac in a hoodie uh, killing off high school athletes with a javelin spear, um, mostly or particularly fondly in, in places where they are female and undressed, like the sauna or the changing room. Um, and it's very similar in, in style to a previous slasher film called, I think, Graduation Day. Haven't seen it, so couldn't verify that. But, you know, it's still, if you're into slasher films, I think you're going to like this. And what I really like about it is actually it's got great music and a great atmospheric synth opening track. So I thought maybe we could have a little listen to that to give us a feel for Fatal Games, a.k.a. Olympic Nightmare. Opening track from Fatal Games, Olympic Nightmare, streaming on cult picks. Um, moving on to the next film, The Yesterday Machine. Um, very interesting, old, low-budget sci-fi film. Um, what's particularly interesting about it is um, it's got a wacky idea about a mad Nazi scientist who wants to create a portal uh, to the past and bring back the Führer to change the future. Um and what I liked about it is the fact that we have several kind of low-budget sci-fi. And even though they weren't made by the big Hollywood studios, they still were made by kind of the indie studio system, usually Roger Corman or somebody like this. But not this one. This one was a regional oddity. So it was produced in Dallas, Texas. And, you know, it was mainly shown um, regional as well. I, I think it had some minimal national distribution in the US but it really was and it's interesting to think of you know these locally made independent um exploitation films so um yeah i mean there was like a whole industry in florida as well 
right, and, right, and in right. some various various areas of the U.S. Yeah, I mean, it would be fascinating to dig down into this and find out what other kind of small gems are hidden and lurking that that we're not even aware of, like this one, which um, yeah. I came across in a funny roundabout way. So check it out, Yesterday Machine, um, 1965 cool. on Cold Picks. Then we have a real uh, noir classic. Uh, and who do we have to thank for that, Smart Peddler? Ciao Simone. Ciao Simone. Yes. A good friend in Italy digs up these beautiful gems all the time. Mm. And this one's a beautiful, not just a great classic of genre film, but a, a beautiful version of it, The Hitchhiker. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it, Smart Peddler? Yeah, I mean, it has a it has a great great storyline about two fishermen picking up a guy who uh, is a is a an escaped lunatic convict, mm. who tells them that uh, when the ride is over, he's going to kill them. So that's that's a lovely way to spend your weekend. <laughs> so the film was directed by Ida Lupino, and uh, she was a Hollywood star uh, in her own name. And something as unusual as a uh, female director in the 40s. And she made some pretty cool films, despite the, the system. Yeah. No, she was. And, and um, I didn't even know that even more strange is she was originally British. Um, and wow. She was also a yeah. singer. Um, she had a 48-year-old career, um, I'm reliably told by Wikipedia. Um, but yes, she did do some great um, noir classics, not just The Hitchhiker, but obviously The Bigamist as well. And um, one of the pioneer directors, really. But you know, don't watch it because she's a female director. Just watch it because The Hitchhiker is a great, great film. And not to be confused with the Rutger Hauer Hitchhiker, also good a genre film, but no, different one. Mm. And that brings us to the final film uh, this week, new one, which is a short little oddity called Speak Babies. Yes, which would translate into Nail Baby. Nail Baby, yeah. But it doesn't have a, an official English title, so we, we, set, we settled for Speak Babies. Yeah, Speak Babies is good. I hadn't seen it before, and when I watched it, it is mind-blowing. It's, where is it, from 1987, yeah. and it's it's like a slow-moving music video sort of done by David Lynch um, or Salvador Dali. It's really, really trippy. Bit freaky. Yeah, and and also uh, a lot a lot of like uh, Tsukamoto's films like, like Tetsuo, the Tetsuo. Iron Man. Yeah, but that's this true. was made two years before Tetsuo, so that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is, yeah. But it's, it is an oddity and it's, it doesn't have any dialogue, nope. so we didn't need to subtitle it and it's just very strange. And uh, Max Andersson uh, is an animator, he, uh, he's also a cartoonist and, and an artist um, and he also actually um, designed the album covers for my band the lee harvey oswald ensemble mm. two of those covers oh back wow in the okay day. yeah yeah. and um and he's been uh, living in berlin for a long time now he's in sweden again and we are hoping to restore his other short films from the 80s to put them up on cult pics that would be super cool yeah if they're anything like speak babies so mm, they are very cool all of them and slightly freaky but great, great addition. And nice to be doing other things than just regular feature films, which is a very good segue into the main theme of this podcast, 
We're going to be talking about the big new addition to um, Coldpix this week, which is Lancelot Link. Now, yay. So, by way of background, um, think back to the uh, 60s when James Bond launched and became a big success. So, immediately everybody wanted to do a copycat version of their own. You know, we had that Dean Martin film series, which is mostly forgotten today. Um, although you probably remember the name of it. And of course, there were a lot of... Matt Helm. That's it. Yes, thank you. Yep. And of course, the Italians and the French and even the Russians or Soviets did their own version. But yep. television was the uh, greediest copycat of all. And of course, in the 1960s and early 70s, they launched a number of uh, James Bond knockoffs, including The Man from UNCLE, Mission Impossible, Get Smart all TV shows which have since in modern day been turned mm. into films. The Saint, of course. The Saint, yes. Well remembered, mm. I forgot about that. And um, um, ABC Network decided that they wanted to have their own um, secret agent spy show as well. So in 1971, they launched their own uh, secret agent show and it was called Lancelot Link. And I think we should begin this discussion about Lancelot Link by playing the brilliant intro to Lancelot Link. So here it goes. Lancelot Link, secret chimp. The thing we haven't discussed about Lancelot Link, or the most obvious thing I should say that sets it apart somewhat from Uncle Man from Uncle Mission Impossible and so on, is the very hairiness of the lead actor, hairier than Sean Connery himself. Um, because, as you will have noticed, he's played by a chimp. So, mm -hmm. Lancelot Link is um, a spoof, effectively, of uh, the kind of James Bond films, uh, with all the cast played by chimpanzees. But, you know, and then overdubbed, obviously, by humans. And um, they've done an amazing job of it, I have to say. Uh, it's, uh, it was a big-budget production, uh, when they did it. So ABC spent, spent more than a million dollars, which is unprecedented for a Saturday morning show. It's mainly a kids show, but they recruited some top talent for it. And I'm not talking about the monkeys, sorry, the apes, um, who are very, very well trained and very good. But in terms of the writing uh, talent, so it was uh, two writers who had previously worked on Get Smart, uh, the secret agent spoof, and they left a very well-paid job at the Carol Burnett show uh, to do this. But the uh, broadcast networks loved the concept of chimpanzees doing uh, secret agents that they um, greenlit the project 
and um, commissioned what became a series of 17 episodes for the Lancelot Link Secret Chimp Hour, uh, which was about half an hour of the actual chimps, and then there were cartoons and adverts to fill it out. So, um, And it was done with, with great humor. Uh, so why don't we begin by playing a clip from the first episode of uh, Lancelot Link, which is There is No Business Like Snow Business. Lance Link, Secret Chimp. There's no business like snow business. Out on the burning sands of the Iberian desert, Ali Assassin, the merciless Far Eastern agent of Chump, awaited the arrival of the Baron. This is the first step in my brilliant plan to steal and dispose of the Star of Karachi diamond. I await your word, my leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tonight you will steal the Star of Karachi diamond. Then you will deliver it to the Dodgers at Big Mountain Ski Resort. I understand. I will get the diamond there and deliver it to the Dragon Woman on her nuclear-powered junk. So that was a clip from the first episode of Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. Now... Smart Peddler, obviously not the kind of show you would be able to get away with doing today for any number of reasons. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally blown away by it because these days uh, it was, this would be so unthinkable. But we have to remember that during the time it was made, there were still sideshows and freak shows with traveling circuses and, and, and uh, things like that in the US. Mm. There were still these... You know, th- this way of looking at both people and apes and, and, and animals uh, in a way that we, we don't do anymore. So um, I guess things have changed for the better. That's true. But yeah. My big question is, is obviously uh, how, how much was the salary and did they get any, any royalties um, <laughs> after the screenings? Were they paid in bananas? Um, exactly. I think that, I know that the writers of it, when they left the Carol Burnett show, they um, the the crew uh, as a goodbye present bought them, you know, a hundred kilos of bananas. Very funny, haha. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't just the fact that all the parts were played by chimps. Uh, it's also in the intro section which we played. I mean, you have the, the the villains or the array of them. Again, something you wouldn't get away with. Um, okay, the chief villain, Baron von Butcher, um, who was um, played by Bernie Coppel. Um, not too bad. Uh, I mean, apart from being disparaging to monocle wearers. But then you had Asian stereotypes like the Dragon Woman um, oh, or yeah. Wang Fu. Um, and then it gets even better with not so much the uh, evil doctor, Dr. Strangemind, um, who's sounding very much like Bella Lugosi, but it's Dayton Allen doing an impression of him. But you had wow. the the singing Middle Eastern um, called Ali Assassin, which <laughs> is just... Oh, Lord. Yes, yes. And then you've got generic kind of um, stereotypes like the chauffeur called Crito, um, wordplay yeah. on Cato and Cretan. Um, it's, it's just wonderful to see, but you think to yourself, yep, nope, wouldn't get away with any of this today. 
It's purely, you know, 70s. None of it's horrible. None of it's mean. I mean, it's all lighthearted children's kind of stuff, although very, very funny. But again, just shows yeah, how much and I mean, changed. And, and now it can, be, it can be, be watched in it, all its beauty and ugliness. And funnily enough, on Instagram, a, a very politically correct friend commented on, on the fact that we're airing it and saying that this is what we need right now. Mm. And not in an ironic way. Yes. So it's just lots of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But what I really like about it is, of course, uh, it is so much built around music. So in some ways, it's kind of a crossover between uh, James Bond and The Monkees, which, let's not forget, although it didn't have any simians in it, you know, it was an artificially constructed band. Um, but they have some uh, great tunes. So why don't we play a little track from the uh, Lancelot Link Secret Chimp uh, House Band, which was always introduced by a talk show host called Ed Simeon, a play on Ed Sullivan. And the band was called the Evolution Revolution Band. Get it? Very funny. So here is a track from the Evolution Revolution Band. <laughs> That was Shalala Love You from Evolution Revolution uh, by Lancelot Link. Now, this was kind of standard generic bubblegum pop, um, but it did have a kind of real-life uh, resonance because it was uh, co-written and performed by a musician called Steve Hoffman and um, recorded at ABC Dunhill. Now... This song, um, Shall I Love You, was originally intended for a band called The Grassroots. I don't know if you've ever heard of The Grassroots. No, no. Smart Peddler. Okay. Never. What's interesting about them is um, a real band played widely. Uh, they're still going today, 50 years later. Mm. Wow. 
um, but not like the Rolling Stones. Rest in peace, Charlie. Um, different musicians uh, today. Can you guess how many musicians they have had over the years as they kind of swapped in and out? Oh, Lord. If, if it's just based on the, the band's name and not the people in it, I, it could have been, I don't know, just a guess from the top of my head, 30? Close. 55. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. I, there must be some sort of world record in this. So, um, yeah. yeah. But um, so the Evolution Revolution Band shared the same recording facility and a lot of the studio musicians. So um, it's um, it has some it has genuine musical pedigree. And they issued an LP, in fact, two LPs um, of the Evolution Revolution Band, and it sold surprisingly well um, because wow. it was you know in the style of the monkeys. And I think there was even a recent repress of the LP and on the color color LP color vinyl. So, cool. but were they ever up on the on the Billboard top list? I think they were. They didn't chart highly enough. Although, if you go on mm. YouTube and look at some of the um, songs, yeah, there's a lot of very outraged people. First of all, saying that they were only lip syncing. That was a real chimpanzee oh. bad that <clears throat> did the music. But mm. um, and uh, they they deserved Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But no, I don't think they charted high enough for that. But it no. is okay. you know. Nevertheless, an achievement. And they got the, yeah. the chimps to play along to the music. Initially, they were just banging away the instruments. And then they started playing the music as they were recording. And the chimps started, you know, actually performing kind of in sync to the music. So, oh, Lord. Wow. So when you look at it, it actually looks convincing enough. I mean, I have seen rock musicians who have played far worse than the chimps. Right. That's a very interesting notion, but obviously rhythms, why not? Yeah, you know. yeah. No, and, you know, they are closely related to us, so why shouldn't they feel the music and feel the beats? Mm. So cool. um, it's uh, definitely worth checking out. We'll, we'll play one more song uh, before the end of this. But there are other, there's, um, if you get the uh, DVD, there's some fascinating interviews with the makers of it and some great insights. Like, for example... These days, if you have animals in a film to get them to talk, they cheat. They use you know visual effects to make them move their mouths. Mm. Wasn't yeah. available in the 70s. So how do you think they got the chimpanzees to kind of pretend talk and move their mouths? They tempted them with a banana. Ah, good guess, but not good enough. No, they gave them chewing gum. So oh, okay. <laughs> Which, you know, not as bad as giving them tobacco or alcohol, which I'm sure happened as well. No. Um, no. So, yeah. So, when they're moving them out, they're actually chewing gum, which they loved. All the chimps loved it, apart from the lead chimp who played Lancelot Link. He did not like chewing gum, so they were kind of stuck. Let's, how do we get him to talk? Do you know what they yeah. did? No. Peanut butter. Okay. Have you ever That sticks in your gum. Yeah. yeah. If you tried eating it, you know that. So, you know, these are the kind of, you know never work with animals or children kind of tricks to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they must have had a, a head diaper changer during, in the studio as well. Well, forget getting them to wear diapers. They had to train them to wear clothes because, you know, oh, apes wow. don't wear clothes in nature. And so yeah. as soon as they put on, and they would just tear them off. So the first thing they had to do is teach them to wear clothes, wear shoes, stand up straight, you know, carry things. But they're incredibly... Yeah well-trained and and judging from the interviews they weren't mistreated i mean they were well looked after even though maybe not by today's standards and and their carers genuinely yeah. you know cared for them wow. 
And apparently they, they even got into, they said that when they were filming and they would say cut, the apes would kind of slump. They would kind of know that, you know, okay. it was over and they could go back to just they, being... They went out of character. They went out of character, yes. They, they weren't <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis about it. You know. Wow. They weren't secret God, agent damn. 24-7. Um, right. So it's, it's I mean, it's... It, and, and so much effort and so much money was spent on this. I have to say, Lancelot Link is incredibly well-dressed, not just for a chimp, but in general. He's got some very smart outfits. And this leads me to how we discovered this amazing series because I was not aware of it. You know, I grew up on, on talking chimps in, in British PG tips adverts for tea, which I think mm. um, saw from this. But it, it all came back to, I, I spotted online a photograph of a two chimps, male and a female, dressed in a trench coat and a hat. And she had a beret. And it was just such an amazing picture. It's like, where did this come from? You know, there's got to be a story behind it. It can't just be a novelty postcard. And so I put it up on Instagram. And one of our members responded, Geephead. Thank you, Geephead, who said wow. he remembered it from his childhood watching it. And that led me down to a rabbit hole of YouTube videos and trying to find out more about it. And then I discovered that the rights were available. So I just, you know, swooped in. And now we're able to offer all 17 episodes of it um, in one go. So binge your heart out really on Lancelot Link Secret Chimp while we wait for the Bond film to come out yeah and I'm looking forward to watching it I haven't been able to do it yet but that will be uh, on top of my list now yeah no so I, I can't I'm become slightly obsessed with it maybe not healthy yeah. but it is fun and there is a kind of happy ending to this story about um, the chimp who played the lead um, Tongo is when they made when they re-released uh, an anniversary edition of it, um, they discovered that back in so forty years later in nineteen um, sorry two thousand and eleven, uh, Lancelot Link or rather the actor chimp who played him Tongo was still alive and he was spending his retirement at the uh, Los Angeles Wildlife Way Station, which is a kind mm -hmm. of retirement home for performance animals. And uh, wow. so the producer actually went and met him and sort of chatted to him and, and showed him a photo of himself and um, of Lancelot in the trench coat. And, and Tongo got really excited when he saw that. So it must have triggered some memory. That's amazing that he would remember that. Yeah, but you know, the, the, the producer said that. You know, he had a long mm. monologue about you know, the importance of caring for nature, caring for the animals. I don't think it... it because of guilt for you know this thing because they were very proud of yeah. having done this tv series but really they said you know we and i think this came from working with the animals they appreciate of just how much humanity they had not just in pretend spy spoof but you know in, in terms of day-to-day -day dealing with them that yeah. they are our closest relatives for sure now i mean it, it, that is a good thing to know that it might have been a, a positive experience for the animals themselves as well. Yeah, you know, because there are so many unemployed animals out there. So, you know. For sure. And they have to sleep outdoors. <laughs> they did in homeless the woods as well. The homeless animals. <laughs> Poor things. So, um, but sad. yeah. Sad, sad. But mm. for all of you, uh, do check out, uh, if you get a chance, Lancelot Link Secret Chimp on Cult Picks. And. Um, um, unless there's anything more to add from you, snot peddler. Um, 
well, I hope to get better soon. And we can just say, as we always say, that we will go on adding at least, you know, four or five titles per week. Yep. We are in final negotiations with uh, a couple of very, very interesting uh, rights holders slash distributors. And we hope that will there will be some results from that uh, showing up on Cultpix in a short while. Yes. And we hope to have some very good guests uh, in future episodes talking about the films and the kind of themes that we're looking at here at Cultpix. So stay tuned for more episodes not just from Snot Peddler and Django Nudo. But for now, I think we will end with the title track from the Evolution Revolution Band. That's all from us. Thank you. Something we've uncovered Don't you want to try something new? If you want to be freeway Holiday wings.